Hello, I am Natalia Comis and this is Humans on a Mission, the podcast where I talk to inspiring humans who are living their true soul mission on earth. Join me in conversation with some of the most brilliant people on the planet today, discussing what makes us human, what extraordinary measures we go to in order to discover our true purpose, and how we can make an impact not only in our own lives, but that of others too. And who knows, perhaps you'll discover something magical about yourself in the process. If you come from a diverse cultural background, I think this episode will really resonate with you, especially in regards to stepping out of the traditional stereotypes and doing your own thing. In my conversation with my friend, Sean Kyra, we discuss her mission and journey to being a successful female Asian entrepreneur and how she's passionate about helping others break free from their cultural blocks to do the same. Our culture, our heritage, and the way that we are brought up impacts how we show up so much. I know for me personally that I had to let go of and in some ways push through much of what was expected of my Greek culture in order to follow a more unconventional way. So if you're struggling with whether to go down a different path than the one laid out for you, you're going to want to listen up. Sean Kyra is a luxury wedding planner in Asian infusion weddings at Desi Bride Dreams. She's also an advocate for Asian female entrepreneurs and has set up AFEC, the Asian Female Entrepreneurs Collective, to help others be successful in business. She herself has faced cultural barriers and blocks. And of course, coming from a strict Asian family, the struggle has been very real. She is on a global mission to support, empower, and educate as many Asian female entrepreneurs as possible to smash down cultural blocks and live the life that they deserve. Freaking hell yes. Hello, Sean. Hello. So nice to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. It's been ages. I've been trying to get you on here for I don't know how many months. I'm really pleased that we're doing it today. I know. I mean, 2020, what a year. (laughs) I think we were meant to do it. I remember like a few months ago and it was like the day of Black Lives Matters Mm. and the blackout Tuesday. And I, I think I remember sending you a voice note feeling... Yeah. I think my voice was trembling. So I was like, today is not a good day. Yeah. And we were both like, I think we should just leave it today. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so yes, I'm happy we're doing it now. Sean, when I was reading your bio, a thought crossed my mind. And and I I think this is sort of the first question for you, really, because I I was sort of reading it and thinking, I wonder what her parents think of this. I wonder if this is how your parents would describe what you do for a living. And I'd love to know, you know, what if if someone was to ask your parents what it is that you do, do you think they, how do you think they would answer that? My parents, like, I think my mum's really confused on the business mentoring side of things now. Um, Like, it was a bit more clear cut when I was a a wedding planner, but I think they don't totally know what things involve. She knows I do, like, obviously online masterminds and I have students and I have a community and I help Asian female entrepreneurs, but she probably doesn't know that I do things like podcasts Mm. and there's so many things that I mean if I look at my mum and dad's generation and kind of literally just did a story on my Instagram I'm like this is what my day looks like doing Q&A's my groups Mm. like doing podcast interviews like this is my work which I'm so grateful and I I just yeah they bless them and I try not to (laughs) try not to like bombard them with lots of information but they're probably not super clear on what I do yeah if if someone was to ask my dad well people do ask my dad and he's literally just like yeah I don't know she does things online and I think he makes it up every time oh my god yeah and everything just say like in their accent like oh she does something on the internet and I'm like (laughs) it is crazy though it is crazy I'll I'll say that bless them as a kid Sean what did you think your life would be like when you were older did you have any kind of ideas of what you wanted to do or who you'd become or anything like that yeah so 
I think because obviously I was born and raised in the UK and my parents had come up come over from India in the 70s and I saw them doing like manual labor jobs so like mm. my mum would work like bless her like sometimes three three jobs so she would do a job from like five till seven pick up my dad at like seven they'd go to the factory together she'd get home at three and then in the evening she'd go and work again Mm. and I just knew from a re I think from a really young age that I just didn't want my life to be like theirs it was such a struggle and I think I decided really early on like I I don't even remember like an age where I decided like I was going to get educated I was going to go to university and I was going to do a quote-unquote proper job Mm. Um, doctor or dentist or lawyer or something or something else I think in our Asian culture there's definitely a a stereotype like it's not even a stereotype a lot of Asian parents want their kids to be doctors Mm. or um, dentists like you said but I just knew that probably wasn't going to be me Um, and my parents really never put pressure on me to actually be educated which is really weird actually which kind of goes against what normal Asian parents are like but I just had I thought I would be this high-flying corporate woman with like a black back then a laptop works from home um is in like kind of like a stressful environment and that's what I used to think. And even when I was at uni, which is only like, you know, 10 years ago, mm. I used to be really inspired by um, Alan Sugar's the, yeah, the Apprentice. The Apprentice. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, oh my God, like, that's the dream. I love all these corporate people. They're so cool. And I was like, oh my God, like when I leave uni, I'm going to be one of those corporate people that have like a briefcase and it's all very office But <laughs> you know when you like that kind of busyness up. which like at the time looked quite cool I know right so yeah. I was like oh my god it looks so cool to be busy but yeah that when that actually finally came around it was not cool so yeah not not for me <laughs> yeah because you you left your job didn't you? you 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 didn't have a great time there from what I remember you saying what did your family and friends think when you left your corporate job yeah so I so first of all when I when I left uni I went straight into a graduate role and that role was a really toxic environment and Mm. you know what only this year I think I realized that the bullying back then was actually stemmed in racism Mm. so it was a lady actually who's South African and obviously because of the culture and all of the stuff that they they did I think she was definitely racist so I think when I when it came to that toxic job I kept on keeping on at it because I just felt like I would be such a failure to leave my first job like a graduate scheme because I was just like oh my god like why can't I just do it like why can't I be like everyone else and just get on with it and just kind of just do it and I think after that obviously I went for I I had like some amazing like corporate roles after that but I think when I left my job in 2014 and it was a really weird time because I was getting married in 2015 so I left my job in 2014 I guess it was kind of disguised by the whole wedding stuff Mm -hmm. so I was planning my wedding we had a plan to go to India for my wedding shopping it was a really busy year obviously like I had my Indian engagement Mm -hmm. um so we had a lot going on so I think I guess I wasn't so worried about it because it was kind of like you know the wedding was take like no one really cared about yeah. me because there was too was- much else going on at the time yeah, really. yeah. So, and everyone knew that Candy. I was gonna- <laughs> yeah exactly so perfect and everyone knew I was kind of going to be leaving anyway because I was going to obviously move to where my husband mm. was so it was kind of like that wasn't such a big thing I think the big thing was when four months after being married I'd launched my wedding planet yeah Yeah. and and then everyone's like oh what are you doing what is she doing oh my (laughs) god this is crazy yeah definitely that that takes I mean you know as we know uh, any entrepreneur knows that actually it takes a lot it takes a lot of guts it takes a lot of courage and confidence and a hell of a lot of mindset stuff to to get through in order to actually persevere with something that you're 
you know, you you know you want to do, but maybe everyone else is turning around and going, nah, that's not that's not gonna work, or telling you what you should be doing and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I think especially when you come from a background where that isn't, you know, that hasn't been the case. If the entrepreneurial lifestyle hasn't been part of your family, I think it's it feels a lot scarier to people, doesn't it? Where did you get that determination and power to do so do you think so I think Natalia what I realized in corporate was I just was not cut out for it (laughs) I was probably like the worst employee ever I just hated and I think this comes from my culture where my parents were quite strict and restricting when I was younger Mm. It, it felt like just I think it was just really insane to be like so obviously I wanted to go to India for my bridal shopping right and like my bosses were like oh you can only go in these months and you can only go for three weeks like we can't sign off four weeks and then it was like oh you can only have Christmas break like between these times and we need to make sure we have enough cover and you can't work from home you have to be and I just think that kind of restriction I was just like this isn't gonna work Mm, controlling right yeah like I remember once I had headphones in to listen to music at work I felt like it made me more productive um Mm -hmm. because it was blocking out everyone else and there was like an email that went around the next day saying headphones aren't allowed I was just like is this me and I just I just knew that every corporate job I worked in and especially because I worked in a lot of marketing agencies yeah. and they're meant to be creative, right? Like yeah. work-life balance is meant to be encouraged. Like fun creativity is meant to be encouraged and it's all meant to be like really cool and quirky and chill and casual. But actually it wasn't. And I was just like, this is not going to work. And I just think that for me, I just can't be restricted and and I guess that was one of the reasons, again, I moved away from weddings because then I was restricted in the summer. Like mm. I had to be in the UK to do the weddings. And then I just thought, you know what? I want to build my business around my lifestyle. And and that's that's what I did, really. And that, yeah. I think that, that's been really powerful. Oh, yeah. It's funny because I, so my family are very entrepreneurial. They, my, my dad and my mum set up a bar when they were younger um, in Greece and they set up the restaurant and you know all sorts of different things and I remember seeing them you know they were they were especially my dad complete workaholics it was work 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 I don't think we ever really saw him especially in the summer because it's such a seasonal profession in Greece you know the hospitality industry yeah the tourism as well right exactly and so we we never really spent time as a family together in the summer because it was go go to work at 6, 7 a.m., come back for a siesta in between, go back to work and you're there until 3 a.m. And it was a family affair, to be honest. We all had to work. We were all working uh, for the family business constantly. I, I was working from the age of God knows how, like yeah. five or something. Yeah. <laughs> literally, literally. I'd be talking to customers and giving them stuff and all sorts of crazy stuff. My dad basically used us as the cute, the cute value when we were younger. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting that you say about the I think it's the the that aspect of needing some kind of freedom because Having seen that as a child, seeing that actually, I mean, I'm pretty sure there was many ways that my dad could have worked if he wanted to, but being a workaholic, he didn't. Mm. Um, But seeing that, seeing the entrepreneurial lifestyle, knowing that actually you don't have to work every single day of your life if you don't want to, um, and that there there are alternatives, Mm. I think I felt really similar to you when I was in corporate and actually... And again, I was also in marketing roles and and just feeling like actually you weren't really allowed to be as expressive as you as it was made out that you could be. You weren't actually allowed to bring all of your creative roles and aspects to the work that you do. And yeah, exactly what you're saying. It's, you know, it's a nine to five every every week for the whole year. And that is, you know, for certain people, that is that's a big deal. Yeah, I agree. And I think also 
it just you it either works for you and or it doesn't mm. and I think that personally for me I just feel like I wouldn't have been able to live my full potential yeah I remember when I left corporate back in 2014 and people were like literally laughing at me mm-hmm. <laughs> like my bosses were like what's she gonna do she hasn't even got a proper business idea and all of this like negative stuff and now I look at my account directors back then I'm probably you know without I don't really don't want to come across like braggy but I probably earn more than all of them you know Mm. um in your business I feel like your potential especially if you've got an online business like your potential is limitless like I really do believe that um I never thought I would be able to I never thought I had it in me to so especially when I used to watch the Alan Sugar show like (laughs) The Apprentice you know when they talked about the six-figure salary I used to think that that was so far like that that was like hitting the lottery like I used to think that's not in me like I'm not capable of achieving that I can't do that and I think you think in your mind that you've got to be the special type of person to achieve that. And when I'd hit my, hit that in my business like a few years ago, I just realized that, you know, even at the highest levels in corporate, it's, if you're like a, you know, a big company like Fortune 500 or you're a CEO, mm. obviously you're going to make, you're going to make the big bucks, but you have to be so hardworking and so talented. And I think that that's another thing, like, and give up your life for it really yeah exactly and I think with your own when you've got your own business and your own boss your your potential is limitless especially in this day and age where we've got the internet it's you really do get to create your own reality and your own business and your own lifestyle so oh so glad we I'm so glad we got out (laughs) yes do you think that the you know what you were just saying about not thinking that the six-figure business or the six-figure salary was ever going to be in your grasp do you think that that is from your upbringing or from you know what you saw or do you think that's something to do with being an Asian woman in the UK and maybe facing different challenges or is that something that is your you know something that's your personal mindset and pattern that you had to shift yeah so I think so Although my parents were like working manual jobs, my mum and dad's like so my dad's got two two brothers and a sister, and they they were all they're all million without sounding like really crazy, yeah. but they are <laughs> they're millionaires, right? So I looked to my aunt, and um, she's a self-made millionaire, so inspiring, can hardly speak English, but she's the most hardworking woman you'll ever meet. Yeah, and I was just really inspired by her and how she'd done it, and obviously she'd done it like 20, 30 years ago. Mm. in a really traditional way like convenience stores and properties but when it came to me I just thought that so I think I I guess I thought that um so for example on The Apprentice everyone is white you know I didn't think I ever saw an Asian woman on that and I'm pretty sure an Asian woman's never won it I just used to think you've got to be a specific person type of person to you've got to be really ruthless you've got to be like really like you know, like a mean girl, you've got to be like, I just had this perception in my mind that you've got to be like a specific person. And I think even in the online space now, like we hardly see, I don't, I don't, I rarely know like really big brands Mm. powered by Asian female entrepreneurs. We're talking like, you know, big, big seven figure brands. So I think I definitely had to shift a lot of stuff around self-worth and worthiness yeah um because I just believed that I wasn't worthy of it I believed that I was different I wasn't your traditional type but and I I guess I believed that you have to be a specific person but then I actually realized that actually I can just be myself and Mm. that was a really big shift because in our culture we're taught to be not ourselves we're taught to be don't bring any attention you know just stay in the background you're a girl like you know just like do as your elders say or do as your cousins say so it's definitely been a shift and oh I'm still working through so much stuff around that um because I think when you're 
like I do believe every, every anything's possible for everyone but I do believe that when you've got you know you have your own cultural blocks or you know you come from like a marginalized background or you might have been through trauma or you might have you know had x y and z from your childhood it does make it more difficult and you do really have to work through your stuff to in order to keep hitting the next level which I think is actually the hardest part of entrepreneurship rather than strategy oh yeah I couldn't agree with you more and I think that's you know whenever you talk to anybody who um, has reached a level of success that you know you strive towards at each level right they they will always turn around and say it was the mindset that was the hardest thing to, you yeah. know, that was the thing that shifted it. That was the thing that helped me get here. And it was the hardest thing to do. And I, that's exactly what I've found as well. And something that, as you were talking then, I was thinking about something my dad said to me recently. And I was just, it really kind of gave me a slap in the face. Um, he turned around. So I studied art at, at university. I don't know if you know this, Sean. I'm not sure. Oh, no, I don't. Um, so, yeah, so I'm technically an artist mm-hmm. and um, I studied art at university. And one of the main reasons I did, other than obviously I loved art and I was good at art and blah, 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 was because I had such severe anxiety at the time that I couldn't possibly. I couldn't do anything else that would be too much pressure. So I couldn't handle any more exams. I couldn't handle anything that was going to be really stressful. Um, and it just felt like art was the only thing that I could go into that would get me away from home, really. Yeah. And, um, and so I never went into uni thinking this is going to be my career. I just thought this is my escape. And, <laughs> and my dad turned around recently and he said to me, and he'd obviously had a conversation with somebody who was obviously doing really well in, you know, as a doctor or something or other. And he was like, I really regret letting you do whatever you wanted to do and letting you go and study art at university. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Thanks for that. And, And I said, well, don't regret it because I'm doing way better than any of these other people that you think are doing better than me. Yeah. And it's kind of goes back to what you were saying about, you know, the people that you were working with. Like if you only know one thing or if you only are comfortable in, in one area, you're always going to just be too scared to move to something else. And you're always going to project that onto other people. Mm. And I do think being able to, come through that and see you know see above that and see your own version of what it could look like is so powerful and actually it's it's not easy and I really admire you for that Sean as well because I I mean coming from a Greek background I I, you know semi understand the cultural differences as well that can can take place but I think yeah I just think it's definitely something that you should be really proud of oh thank you and and I also think that um when people project onto you like they were projecting onto me because they were just really they weren't they weren't able to leave that corporate job right so that's why they're projecting onto me because I was able to I just think you know what I look back and I, I remember actually and I'm still friends with her so we worked in corporate together and she's also got a business now which is amazing but I remember her telling me about it so they hadn't obviously said it to me to my face but they had talked about it and she I think she'd overheard or maybe they had said it to her directly I remember she told me about it once I'd left like it was like the, mm. the Monday after the Friday and I genuinely believe that lit a fire up my ass like <laughs> I was just like so I started out with a blog first and I was just like I was so fired up from what they had said I was like right okay forget this like I'm gonna prove them wrong I'm gonna launch my blog in like with like 10 pieces of content with a social media Facebook page within the next 10 days like within the next that month in July (laughs) like it was like literally I remember like just really working hard getting up every day like working on my blog doing the content and like it was, and I think sometimes the universe delivers us these lessons because it's sometimes they can be your best gifts. And you know, I'd love for the listeners to think about this. Like the next time someone criticizes you or projects onto you or says things to you, 
um and especially as you get more successful Natalia like I've had this so many times like mm-hmm. and especially when you know sometimes people I think when you start getting criticism so I got some really not going into like massive amounts of detail but I got some negative feedback this year from people that were just projecting onto me actually were lo- found out later they were lying um yep. it's so common and it yeah. also it's so easy to do in the yeah. online space that's one of the downsides of it I think isn't yeah. it yeah and they were just they were just kind of made up these rumors and and I, I genuinely believe now that and me, even me and my friend were talking about it the other day. As you get more successful, be ready for the haters. I think there's that line, which I never believed was true, but now I do. You know you really made it when you've got haters. And I think people do just, when you're doing really well and you're successful, it triggers something in some people and they do project it out to you. And I think that there's such a big difference between being super bitchy and giving kind constructive criticism if someone doesn't like the way you do things or then there's an issue or whatever there's definitely two ways but being outright bitchy online and, and what's what ha- ever happened to just ignoring and going off and I know. doing whatever you want to do I know. <laughs> you know you don't have to comment people if you don't like something <laughs> exactly and I think it's really common like I remember like there was this video last year um I don't know if you saw it Natalia it was this woman who had done a video about Jay Shetty it was about like he'd copied the quotes and but just the way she'd done that video was so sorry like it was so bitchy and nasty yeah it was like it was bullying it was I saw that as bullying and okay maybe Jay replicated some quote why not just email this team and tell them that or just just put it in a put it out in a way where it's anonymous because you can get into trouble for that right it's called defamation and well, slander yeah, of course <laughs> so but that's uh, the thing people think they're untouchable online you know you would yeah. never go up to a business and say all that stuff to them would you really no like, it's, people- there's a very very few amount of people who would be comfortable doing that exactly and I think a lot of people are like oh but he shouldn't be copying and blah 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 but it's like well he must be doing something right and I love it the way Jay carried on he literally like dusted it off carried on with his socials (laughs) like probably credited people had a best I was listening to a podcast this morning he's got apparently I think he launched a book it's been translated in 45 different countries Jay cracked hard so I think people do you can't listen to people because people are always going to have opinions people are always going to not like what you do or love what you do and I think that that's the sometimes the price you pay for success or putting yourself out there is knowing that it might trigger a few people but hey that's okay yeah and that's that part of their journey exactly and they need to take it to a journal or a therapist (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, I remember Sean when we first met and we started working together about a gazillion years ago and you had this beautiful dream but you weren't exactly sure it would and you were like oh is this something to pursue should I do it should I start a Facebook group and I was like yes do it get it out there now <laughs> oh my god you yes you were like I'm not sure if anyone's gonna like it or if you know it if it's gonna, gonna be a ghost town yeah and I was just like it is it is needed you need to do it and yeah you know if you could go back to that version of you now what would you say to her oh my god I would just be like get it done and get it done sooner like get it done ASAPs because I think so many times we wait until we're ready and I think I've I've always had this thing with the online coaching world so I, I don't know if you remember this Hallie but I was like I didn't lots of people were saying like just start mentoring just start mentoring mm. and I I didn't want to start business mentoring until my wedding planning business had exceeded my corporate income and I think this yeah, is I remember you saying this yeah yeah and I think that especially this year in the pandemic I and there's nothing wrong with pivoting but I feel like there's been this influx of people just you know some of them just selling like business coaching or mentoring or but they don't have like I do really believe like you do have 
to have some version of success of yourself mm. and that might not be a successful business that might be transformation you've had with clients or it might be the results you've got people it might be your marketing experience like I totally get that but I do and so, so I'm kind of glad that I did wait so I think I, I launched my mastermind a year later and I launched my membership 18 months later you did it in a way though because I remember us talking about it and I remember you launched the Facebook group happened sometime in spring didn't it I remember yeah, we were yeah, working together around that yeah. time and you were wondering should I want to do maybe I should do a workshop and blah 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 blah, blah. and I was like yeah get it out there like let's <laughs> do it let's get these people in and um, <laughs> We, we got it ready really quickly, didn't we? And then it was September, I think, or it was, it was really, it was quite quick that you oh my did God, the workshop it was so quick. and it was, uh, it was such a great success. But what I liked about the way that you did it is what you just said, you know, you, you took, you took steps, you took action, you did it all and you went for it. You really went for it. And then, but you did the kind of the small steps you try you were trialing you know you were trialing it with the workshops yeah with the Facebook group you were seeing what was there who was interested what was happening what people yeah and you were bringing what you had done you know your experience into it and that's the key you know you don't start I I don't know you don't teach and and offer stuff that you have absolutely no idea about and I think yeah. that's, that's, that's kind of what you're saying as well isn't it really it's yeah. like don't run before we can freaking walk because that's not fair on anyone including exactly yourself. and I think there's like a real online pressure at the moment of you know oh yeah like six figure months and mm. half a million pound launch and 10k months and uh, like there's just so much noise and I just think there's beauty in going slow and scaling slow because I really do feel like with AFEC and even like my wedding planning business, I think like the service element has always been there and the customer experience and the mm. testimonials are so important to me. And I'm really glad that the way I've done it and I know there'll be people there that, you know, people might be thinking and maybe like if I look back, maybe there are things that I could have done a bit quicker, but um yeah. can, let me just for, for the listeners let's just let's just go back a second here Sean. how long did it take you to set up the wedding business and get it get your first customer so so I launched my blog in uh July 2014 so I didn't actually launch the business till I was married so it was like 14 months later yeah but I literally launched in September 2015 and I I booked I book clients straight away so yeah. so <laughs> I don't know if you could have done it any quicker <laughs> yeah I think with AFEC as well like I'm really I am really glad that I've taken my time and I think that it's really important. Like sometimes like you do have to slow, slow down to scale yeah. up as well. Um, because sometimes you just want to take that time to like work things out. And I think this year there's been times where like in the pandemic, obviously like I work straight through the lockdown mm. and because my groups really needed me, like my clients really needed me. I had to hold the space, but then after August I took some time off and I think over the last two months I've taken off probably like a month mm. so <laughs> which is so important isn't it it's so important yeah and I fully intend to take off a month in December mm. um because that's so important to me so I think sometimes you've just and it really depends on like individual circumstances as well some people will just be like oh, I want success and I want it now like yesterday and <laughs> I'm willing to do whatever it takes and obviously I can sometimes be like that but I think you've got to do what works for you and your energy really yeah what is your version of success and do you think you're there yet I think my version of success is so steeped in freedom mm. and being abundant so just having an abundant business has allowed me to do so many amazing things a few years ago like full disclosure it was it was just a four-figure amount but mm. I was able to pay off my parents mortgage um last year me and my mom went to New York and we stayed at a five-star Taj hotel and it was amazing because my mom never been anywhere other than India and the UK so my version of success I think is definitely having freedom in your day-to-day -day life 
being abundant, but then also having an impact on others. Um, And I think I do that through obviously my work with AFEC now, but also my family members. I'm still working on it. It's very much, I think I'd like to have a bit more, I don't like the word balance, but a bit more blend. Mm. Um, Because I do feel like, especially in lockdown and especially in the pandemic, there is a a nature for us, especially if we haven't got children, to overwork. Mm -hmm. So I'm still trying to get there, but it's all work in progress all of the time. Yeah. Can you talk about the moment when you realized, or was there a moment when you realized, wow, yeah, this could actually be something super special. It's going to work. I'm, you know, I'm living this life. I've, I've found a level of success I didn't realize I could have. Yeah. So when I did my first mastermind launch and I was still doing weddings then, I did it back in March, 2018. And the the results were insane like the results were like I never expected them to be like everyone was like raving about my mastermind I was like this is insane and I think last I think it was like last year like when the results were incredible people were talking about it my work was having an impact and I think it was like last April when we had like our biggest launch ever organically which is amazing which was just I just it just blew my mind and we did that again last year I think there's been so there has been so many pinch me moments I would say but I think that was really special and you know what like when that happened in April oh my god like the resistance and self-sabotage literally followed Mm. it it was like I literally I think I, I wrote a post about it on my Instagram the other day but I was just not feeling good enough. I was feeling like, oh my God, like who am I to have this success? Who am I? Because I'd done it so effortlessly. Um, And that's even harder, isn't it? Because as culturally, you're programmed to think, oh, it's got to be really hard. Um, You've got to have like 100,000 followers and you've got to be constantly working and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I think it was, I think it was like last summer we went, me and my mum traveled to Canada and then obviously America. And I remember like just being on the plane and being able to pay for everything, like my mum and me and just like gifting my cousin a wedding gift. I think it was like, it wasn't low. I mean, it was like 500 pounds, so it's, mm. you know, sizable. And then I remember like uh, I had an assistant, so my business was taken care of in the back end. Um, and I just felt like, oh think I made it I think I made it. <laughs> it was a good feeling and you know what there's always I think Natalia when you're ambitious and you're mission driven yeah. you're always striving for more and your mission becomes bigger and it evolves and it's always there's always something isn't there like the next milestone and I think we should really t- take time to celebrate how far we've come for sure I love all of that Sean and, and do you know what I think as well it it's just so nice. <laughs> it's just so nice and humbling to hear, just to hear what you were just talking about with with how you, that your success is also connected to your family and, and that actually being able to offer your family and, and involve them in your success is important. And I think that, honestly, I think that speaks so much because that's, that's why you've been successful that's why people rave about you because you're just a nice human as well like you're a nice human being and and I did a, I actually did a, a uh, presentation last week and I said about this and it's don't ever underestimate the power of just being a nice human oh being. my god like, especially in the online world Oh my God, Natalia, you've hit that nail on the head. Um, me and my really good business friend were talking about this and we were, think- we were talking about just relationships mm. and just, I genuinely believe if you're a nice person, it will always come back to you twofold. And, you know, there's been times, especially like this year, like with payments and, you yeah. know, like things like that. And I just think, oh, just having a bit of freaking compassion and just not being a bitch. Like someone, some, someone DM'd me earlier today and they were like, you know, my dad passed away like a few months ago. I'm going through anxiety. Like I can't show up on social media. Can I just put my membership on pause? Now, so many people would just be like, 
now you've got a contract terms and, and conditions yeah. <laughs> and it's just like you know what this person has done a lot for me she she's a mini influencer she's gone through a hard time like yes it's fine and I think sometimes I genuinely do believe I think in the online space as well like for me especially I keep relationships with my previous clients Mm, so even if they're not a current client or they might have not signed up to my next program or my membership or they're off doing their own thing or if they've invested in someone else or whatever it is I just think just being nice because that that person will then I really believe in you know everyone talks about influencers but I believe in micro influencers I believe you know most of my business comes from people referring me and that's that's more to me than like influencers promoting me do you know what I mean so I remember us talking about referrals years ago and it's just yeah I completely agree and as you were talking then I was thinking my clients are my best friends I honestly Mm. love them all so much (laughs) and um like we were talking before we recorded about one of my clients as well and you know she she actually is a client again now but she wasn't a client for ages but she would still message me I'd still respond you know if those if any time any of my clients or past clients sorry past clients need something they know that they can reach out and I'm not going to completely ghost them because they're not paying me anymore and that's you know obviously there's a boundary there and there's there's limits as well because paying clients come first but I think you've you've created a relationship with somebody you've created a connection there's been an exchange of energy and you if you respect each other then you're not gonna just go no sorry you're you're basically completely out of my life now delete yeah like that's not a thing and I think you've got to be quite ruthless for that and people are people really are Natalia like Mm. people are ruthless trust me like some people just won't I think sometimes you just have to be human and I think that it's really important because sometimes like I remember her, I had a client last year and her mum died like in New York mm. um whilst they were on holiday over there it was just it was so tragic and so terrible um and you know like the contract said under no circumstances it to be paused yeah. but I was just like you know what no just start after Christmas it's fine you know of course. Well, it's the thing is, anything like that is not going to reflect well on you either because they're not yeah. going to be able to do the work, are they? Exactly. So it just doesn't, you know, it's it's just common sense in many respects. Like I had my I had a sold out retreat for oh, April yeah. this year. And um I was so excited to start retreats again. And it was like um it was gonna be amazing. I found this amazing villa brand new like it was just oh a dream dream and obviously COVID happened yeah and I no no question in my mind as to whether I was going to refund everyone of course I refunded them even their deposits I was just like this is nobody's fault yeah Um, and on top of that I did an online I did a virtual retreat which they all uh, had the opportunity to come for free and then I was like oh great I'm just going to invite loads of other people and it became this completely different thing that actually was really great and what then evolved into um, the Mission Seekers membership so it all happened for a reason and because I was generous and we, because I was happy to do that it brought a different energy into the space that I which me- meant I could create something out of that yeah have to look at things from a place of compassion and gratitude and if you're not feeling grateful if you're not in a good space when you do things then it's you're going to get resentful and it's not going to work so I do think you know there's there's a point of be nice and connect with people and respond to people even if they're not necessarily paying you but do remember you know to fill up your well first because if you're doing it from a place where you feel like you have to and you don't want to that's not that's not good that's not going to be nice exactly and I think you just totally hit the nail on the head and I think especially in COVID times as well Mm -hmm. just being a bit flexible is just so powerful I think yeah and I think you know it's treat people how you would like to be treated I mean it's that kind of saying isn't it 
Uh, I know and but you'll be so surprised Natalia like people aren't like that and I think I know (laughs) and I just think now even when I look at you know what I'm going to be investing in and what I'm going to be mentors and stuff move for 2021 I'm only going to be investing in people that are really walking their talk and they've got a kind compassionate nature and it's not like mean girls and (laughs) you know like I think that's the kind of that's the kind of qualities I admire as a leader yeah um and just yeah I mean even just looking at the U.S. election right now like the, the stark difference between the leaders is insane and I just think it shows you what you really want to be as a, as a leader, as what you want to embody, but also what you look for in a leader as well or a mentor. Oh, definitely. And I, uh, yeah, leadership styles and just who, the, who, who do you want to become? Like who, what kind of person do you want to show up as? I talk about this with my clients all the time. How do you want to be remembered? Yeah. You have to come back to that often whenever you're making decisions who do I want to be remembered as how do I want to be remembered is this something that I'm going to be proud of in the future or is it something I'm going to regret you know is it something I'm going to be like "Mm, hide away from that (laughs) head in the sand yeah no I totally totally agree definitely so talking about future Sean what do you wish for the world in the future and for yourself so let's start with you first. Yeah, so I think 2021, we're already excited for some plans that are in the works. I definitely want to have a focus on Asian female entrepreneur mindset mm-hmm. and yes. cultural blocks, cultural conditioning, cultural barriers. I definitely want to become more visible because obviously through everything that happened this year with Black Lives Matters, I think it's a great time for us women as colour to step up and actually be heard and seen. I'm often the only Asian person or Indian person in the room, um, Mm. whether that's in a membership or whether it's a training or anything really. So I think it's really about building the brand and building the visibility, but also helping as many people as we possibly can like impacting people with our work whether that's the free content or the paid content yes I love that and and through you doing it inspiring and empowering your clients as well yeah absolutely and I think there's so much power in uh, like seeing people show up and Mm. it, it really does give them permission to shine as well so I, fo- I follow someone just really quickly I follow someone called uh, Rachel Hollis you might have heard of her yes yeah I know. Um, she's very like masculine energy like let's be better than yesterday but I, I saw her last year in San Diego because I went to this incredible business event and um, I heard her speak and this year she obviously went through a divorce um, she had a book coming out and they had built a brand up on um, a brand based on marriage and relationship goals and that as well. And just seeing how she handled it was so inspiring. Oh my God. Like, so the trolls came out. To really yeah. I remember. Her. I remember. I actually went specifically to her Instagram. I remember get, think, hearing the news of the divorce and thinking, <laughs> Oh, Let's see what happens here. And I remember going to Instagram profile and seeing all of the comments and just thinking, why? Like, why do you care so much that you have to be this horrible to somebody when they're going through such a hard time? I know. And I I just, I've just loved, you know, obviously she went really quiet. I think it was about like a month and I really missed their daily live streams because they used to do them together. Um, and it really would pump me up. But I remember like the way she's handled it. She had a book coming out in September. Obviously she was criticized for that. Oh, it's so perfect timing. Oh, you're all about (laughs) the money. But you know, she hit New York times bestselling list a few weeks ago. And it's like, I think we can all learn from something from that because when we show up and especially when we have worked through hard stuff and we show up like it always inspires the people you don't even realize it's inspiring they'll never even be on the radar you'll never even know them I love that I love that so much such a good tip there to just 
really what you're saying and what we're saying about around this is just go and do it anyway you know don't listen to the haters do what you feel is right take the time out that you need come back stronger and and you are going to inspire people you're going to inspire the people that need to hear it yeah no definitely I I totally 100% agree oh such a good chat I knew this is going to be a good chat with you (laughs) um okay my lovely well let's let's round it up with my favorite question which is what is your soul mission in this lifetime and do you think you're living it yeah so my sole mission i would say is to help and empower uh, asian female entrepreneurs globally by providing them with the tools the mindset and marketing tools to change their life and to really allow them to step into you know their purpose and the you know the highest vision of they they have for themselves and I'm, I feel like I'm definitely doing that with all of the work we're doing through AFAC, through the mentoring, through the masterminds. But I would love for it to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And if we take could, over we, the world. Yeah. Global brand. <laughs> love it. I love it. So thank you. Thank you for this amazing chat. Can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yeah, so I've got a free Facebook group, which is the Asian Female Entrepreneur Collective, which you can find. And I've also got Instagram, which is uh, Asian underscore female underscore entrepreneur. And the website's afeccollective.com. Whoop, whoop. Yes, thank you, my lovely. And should anyone want to go and check Sean out and find out more about it, please go and do so. Thank you. What a great chat that was. I hope that it resonated with some of you and that you were able to take something positive away from it. In 2020, we have seen so many things go down and we've seen more conversations around race and diversity, equality, especially when it comes to business and to visibility. The online world in particular this year has been such a blessing for many and without it, myself and many others likely wouldn't have such successful businesses now. However, it also comes with its downfalls. As with the world of traditional work, workplace bullying and racism do continue to exist online as well. And in this chat with Sean, we talk about how with every level of success, you come up against a level of backlash or judgment, maybe even projection from others too. And I want you to know that this doesn't mean that you're a horrible person. It doesn't mean that you should stop what you're doing or that your sole mission isn't important because it is. And we're not for everyone. Not everyone is going to like what you do or how you do it. And that is totally okay. You have your people, your sole clients who do like it and who do respect and value what you have to offer. So please, if you take anything away from today, let it be this. Don't let negative criticism or trolls bring you down or stop you from doing what you're meant to do in this lifetime. Because the world needs your light now more than ever. Thank you for listening to the Humans on a Mission podcast. I always love hearing your thoughts or how episode may have inspired you so please do share you can do so by joining me in the humans on a mission facebook group or hit me up on instagram at natalia Comis. and if you are looking to find your soul mission do head over to my website nataliacommerce.com and download your free discover your mission workbook to get you started